0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live, and we tell them every month at the Canal Cafe Theatre. This story was originally told by... Catherine Seamark. In June... 2008. The part's a downtrodden office worker, says the woman at the casting agency. Can you make an effort to dress like that, please? So, grey skirt, floral blouse, shapeless cardigan. I give off the number 43 and walk along the Holloway Road, cutting across the traffic towards Camden. Entertained by the sight of my feet... ...in sturdy shoes and robust tan tights. I'm less entertained by the casting, which is a hopeless waste of time and bus fare, and I have a sobering moment of self-awareness as I hear myself reading the words ''A poodle ate my pot noodle'' with varying degrees of downtrodden. Afterwards, I trail drearily back down the road, no longer entertained by my feet, wondering how I have come to this. Lost in my thoughts... I'm only just conscious of a tingle in my spine that warns me that I am not alone and all is not well. My hackles rise as I become aware of footsteps behind me, soft but insistent. Trainers, built for speed. I continue walking, all my consciousness in the space behind me, between me and the other person. Time seems to slow. A sudden shift in energy, he closes in, and in a split second I know with absolute certainty that I'm about to be mugged. Instinctively, I wheel around and stare him in the eye, chin-raised, confrontational. I register his utter surprise. For a moment, he looks completely thrown, confused, unsure, then crosses over to a random parked car where he does an embarrassing and unconvincing pantomime of pretending to check whether something is as it should be on the dashboard before (laughs) losing his nerve and running off back towards Holloway. I know it's not his car and he knows I know (laughs) Flooded with the weakness that follows a burst of adrenaline I wobble down the road and begin to realise what's just happened He singled me out as a victim based on my appearance The shock in his face wasn't so much in response to my assertiveness As to the gap between what he was expecting and what he got He mistook my identity You could say that was my fault because I misled him In this context, unsurprisingly, I feel no sense of responsibility. But it's rather different when someone mistakes your identity and you have consciously duped them. In lean financial years, I was involved in some unsavoury episodes where I assumed an identity as a PR stunt to deliberately mislead people. The last and worst of these was to promote a brand of cheap apple schnapps. I was working under the alias of Claire Bellamy, (laughs) Apple Applemancer. <laughs> Able to tell your fortune by reading the unique pattern of tooth marks left in an apple after you bite it. The schnapps was crowbarred in as a pre apple palate cleanser, and the whole setup seemed pretty weak and unbelievable to me. But I needed to pay the rent, so with gritted teeth, off I went to be interviewed by the Bath and Avon Chronicle, where I was photographed holding an apple up to camera and looking mystic
0: <laughs>
1: to my surprise the journalist interviewing me seemed genuinely interested as the daughter of an apple farmer perhaps my unusual level of apple knowledge lent me a credible edge she asked me to read her fortunes, so I went through the dreadful rigmarole of getting her to cleanse her palate with the apple schnapps I still cringe at the memory then take a nice big bite of a cox's orange pippin then inspired by a chunk of apple that had refused to come away cleanly I made up some old bollocks about her hanging on to something that belonged in the
0: past and the (laughs) need to make a break and move on to
1: my horror she burst into tears and in a massive blurb gave me a blow-by-blow account of a destructive relationship that she found impossible to end. I left her with a bottle of apple schnapps, (laughs) half a pound of pippins, and some motivational words about the strength of her powerful incisors. I got the train back to London, a charlatan full of self-loathing, but consoled myself with the thought that at least she would never know, and it might bizarrely be my intervention that helped her to move on. I'd got away with stuff before. On one notable occasion in the West End, dressed as a nun, another dire PR stunt. An elderly woman approached me and asked me if I believed in God and did heaven exist, to which I replied, yes to both, I'm a nun. I had assumed it was obvious I was a phony. The costume was hen-party flimsy and completely unconvincing. How could I have known that she was A. Partially sighted and B. Terminally ill? Oh, Thinking on my feet, I decided that the kindest course of action was not to out myself as a card-carrying atheist with a hatred for all organised religion and the brazen willingness to do almost anything for money. Instead, to my shame, I blessed her. (laughs) Don't judge. What would you do? She seemed happy. Eyes off the look. All good. So, perhaps if I kept quiet, I could get away with it again as you will probably have guessed by now this was not to be a couple of days later the PR company called the Applemancy project was going to be scrapped I was hugely relieved but less so when I found out why in order to maximise coverage they doubled up and sent another girl out also masquerading as Claire Bellamy she'd been photographed and interviewed by another paper and my journalist from the Bath and Avon Chronicle had seen the article the scam had been rumbled and she rang me The phone call was a nightmare of reproach, thus ended my involvement in PR stunts. So, I'm guessing that most of you at the moment are feeling a sense of moral superiority. (laughs) Not so fast. You may not have actually masqueraded as a nun, but how often have you hidden your true identity behind a carefully constructed facade, behind your job title or where you live, or the clothes you wear? Looking back at totemic items of clothing in my past I see the student ball dress made of camouflage canvas worn as a sly <laughs> protest during a time of multilateral taffeta offensive <laughs> The pride and joy of my vintage 1970s South Sea bubble loom jacket with the ridiculous spoon collar The plastic Elvis in Vegas ring that's been my magnetic north through many business meetings <laughs> Try hard <laughs> items, all shouting loud about individuality, irreverence or refusal to conform but is that really me? I might like to think so, but if I'm absolutely honest with myself, shouldn't the full picture also contain the ugly battleship grey sweatshirt that lives on my bedroom floor that I hate and despise, yet continue to wear regularly? <laughs> or the slippers that my mother bought me, which have a cat applique, <laughs> complete with embroidered paw prints and the word... Perfect. And, and which I wore despite the shame for a full two years or the ill-advised haircut the bob that made me look as if I should have a carer with me at all times <laughs> so what's my true identity ultimately I don't think it's my name, my national insurance number, where I live, what I do, my Elvis ring or indeed the grey sweatshirt those are just bits of a curtain I've carefully constructed around me what interests me are the small rips in the fabric of this curtain, where the pinprick light of the real me filters through. For me, these pinpricks are moments of absolute truth when I've nailed my colours to the mast, stood up for something I care about, when I've been defenceless or vulnerable, or when I've been helpless with laughter. When it comes from the gut and I've not thought about it, when I'm not pretending to be anything or anyone. That man on the Holloway Road saw the real me, and he knows he did. Moments of complete honest connection are rare, electrifying and all too fleeting as the lights are quickly dimmed and the curtains whisked shut. As I mentioned earlier, I'm no believer, but I can't help thinking about the Old Testament. Adam and Eve, the serpent, the tree of knowledge, the apple, fig leaf equals curtain, nudity equals truth. A perfect metaphor for the facades we create to cover our true identity. So I say, more nudity. (laughs) <laughs> but do I have the right to say that? Doesn't Applemancer equal serpent?
0: <laughs> 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 have you got a story to tell? To take part and for more
1: stories, head to sparklondon.com Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates Audio production by Matt Hill at rethinkdaily.co.uk